got something for you. Welcome to the inaugural episode, the very first ever, um, we could say, <laughs> to okay. Extra Innings, a Bloodline Network baseball podcast. You are listening right now to an audio-exclusive podcast on the Bloodline Entertainment Network, and you're going to have some familiar hosts here on this first one. You'll know me as Streets. Actually, you'll know us both from the same show. We're just kind of transferring over here as the baseball guy. So, you know me as Streets. Uh, I am not alone. I'm not going to play the song, though, on this one because it doesn't have the same allure to it without the video playing behind it. But we have Big Texas. Mr. Ken, we're not doing a baseball podcast without our Ken Burns here, who's going to have some fun stories for you here as we go along. Uh, but we got Blake in the house. So, welcome, Blake. Here we go, baby. Extra innings. Extra innings. It's our first time in it. We're going deep. Yeah, and it's not and it's not fantasy baseball related. So we can no. talk just baseball. So it's a little bit more fun. And we're going to tell some stories as we go. Like it'll be a work. We'll get our footing, and I'm sure we'll do our top. Like we're going to do our top five favorite pitchers of all time. Favorite doesn't mean they're the best. It just means favorite pitchers of all time. Um, after this, but we're going to kick it off with a little question that you had asked on Twitter. And it was a very interesting one. And I know your answer, but you're going to explain your your side of the answer on this, and you're going to give us a little bit more info on that. But you had asked, if neither one of them gets hurt, who who has the better career between Ken Griffey Jr. and Mickey Mantle? Now, nobody – I'm going to give some context because there's nobody out there that, in, that likes Mickey Mantle more than you. That's your guy. Sure. So I never – and I, so you might be a little biased here. Oh yeah, as we get through this, but that's okay. He is the Mick. I mean, so it's we're talking two special players here. And you asked the question, who you got and who would be better? I I answered Griffey, and I we're gonna see here. I pulled up some stats between the two of them between their age nineteen and age twenty nine seasons, which is thirties probably where the the injuries are just too hard to keep playing through. They where they start taking your toll on you. But you can explain what happened to Mickey Mantle. And what started breaking him down? Well, I mean, first of all, Mick, he was a partier. But <laughs> this this kind of contributed to it, you know. So back in the 1951 World Series, uh, it was game two. And um, so Mantle, he was, he was only uh, 19 years old in 51. Uh, he'd already got sent down by manager, Hall of Famer, Casey Stengel. He had sent him down that summer to the uh, farm league over in Kansas city because he, he was too many K's. Uh, he stayed down there for a little bit, but he went, he came back up and um, his first major league season, 267, 13 home runs and his first trip to the world series. He was playing right field because the uh, ever famous Joe DiMaggio was over there in center. So Willie Mays was actually coming up the bat for the giants who they were playing in the world series and uh, Mantle was quoted as he, he told him, he said, Casey, Casey Stengel, his manager, said, told him before the game, take everything you can to right field. Like, you know, any, any ball coming anywhere close to you, go after it. 
because he said, you know, DiMaggio had lost a step. You know, DiMaggio was a little bit older. I can't remember the exact age right then. So he had lost a step. But Joe was, you know, he had his – he had his uh, – he thought highly of himself. You know, he wasn't he, – he was going to play hard. So Mickey, he, he was like, I was running as hard as I could to get over there because taste, what Casey had told him before the game and uh, about how Joe was a little bit slower now. And uh, so anyway – he thought he got there, but uh, Joe Joe's standing there, and he's and Joe said, "I got it." And Mickey's like, "Man, you don't want to run into Joe DiMaggio, right?" So he tried to stop, and uh, the back of his cleat caught this rubber drain in New York. And I mean, you could see pictures of this drain. I do not know why they would have this in any outfield. It's very upsetting to me. But uh, it's back of his uh, spike or whatever. It, it got stuck in the drain. And his, he said his knee went right out through the front of his leg and just folded up on the field. Oh, that sounds so cool. uh, it, it was just he was taken off on a stretcher. Uh, he had a, a ton of knee operations after that. And um, I mean, the guy was a he, he was a incredibly fast and he was still a fast runner after that. I mean, I can't imagine how fast he'd be. There was a comparison. I sent it to uh, our boy Tim King, and I think I've sent it to you before. They're comparing him and Mike Trout, but they're showing uh, Mickey coming out of the box, and they timed him and uh, one of Tim's boys, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton's fast, man, and him and Billy Hamilton had the almost the exact same uh, speed time from the box to first base, and that was after the knee injury. But that kind of uh, – that set in line how um, the Mick was, you know, kind of he was already, you know, had a little uh, taste of the booze and uh, the women. But he after that knee injury, he, he he started drinking a little more and more. And there's some documentaries where you can watch. And he, he says, you know, is in his older self, you know, and he went back and he's telling people, don't do what I did. He's, he really regrets. He really regretted how he behaved in those days and uh, people looking up to him and all. Uh, he really felt bad about it, but um, yeah, that, that, that's my spill right there. <laughs> Don't get when me wrong, I... Ken Griffey Jr. I love Griffey. I mean, even when I was when I, I remember, I think I was like in junior high, eighth grade or something. We were playing outside in the front yard. I started batting left-handed, even though I'm right-handed, with my hat backwards, trying to hit the ball and hit home runs like Griffey, you know. But uh, didn't mean to cut you off. Go right ahead, sir. Oh no, I was going to ask more about man, like. When did Mant? What other injuries did Mantle have? Uh, and he always was going out with that knee. I mean, he always would have to have uh, operations on it. I can't remember how many he had. Um, he had some others with the shoulder. He's, I mean, you watch the movie Sixty One. He's always in an ice bath, man. It's like <laughs> this dude's always, you know, wrapped up. And I, I just, man, I really feel like he could have been the greatest all-around hitter of all time if he just would played healthy i mean he was going to games drunk you know he was just it's wild that, he, that era was a different animal yo yeah man i mean if there was uh you know any kind of social media mickey Man would not have been a darling <laughs> <laughs> i so griffey when he went to cincinnati mm-hmm. uh center field didn't help that it, it's that's a tough position for anybody to play especially at a high level the way he um, played, man. Crashing it in the wall and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff like that. But yeah, 
that's the the Cincinnati turn for Ken Griffey was probably where you started seeing it. He had that one good year when he got there. I think that was like 2000, 2001 ish. Um, and then after that, you really started seeing the, the Knicks in, in bruises on him. Yeah. So for a comparison, what I did here, just to, for shits and giggles here, two legends, I, I pulled up their stats from 19 years old to 29 years old. Yeah. And you would, I shit you not, it's as close as, from, for 19 to 29 years old, these two played, um, here, we'll just say it. Ken Griffey Jr. from 19 to 29 played 1,535 games. From right. 19 to 29, Mickey Mantle played 1,552 games. Okay, very close. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is pretty – it's pretty wild when you when you look at it this way. Um, plate appearances. Ken Griffey Jr. from 19 to 29, he had 6,688 plate appearances. Mickey Mantle, 6,700 plate appearances. So we are – we're talking what twenty-two plate appearances off or something? Um, yeah, very close. Very so, close. That's a, yeah. it's nuts. So th- it's they. I don't think you could. You picked a perfect pair when you when you when you brought it, this up. It was like a, I, I, did, I didn't even mean to. I was just comparing two of my favorite players, and I thought the what what two names would would get some people to click? You know, Mickey Mantle, Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than those two guys right there, man. No, it it does not. And now for the meaty stats between the two of them. Like in those 6,700 or so games, um, 1,063 runs for Griffey. Uh, the runs are going to be a little iffy, like 1,244 runs for Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle played in some beastly Yankee teams. So the runs probably, like, look who hit yeah. after him and some of them. So the runs will probably be a little bit higher. Uh, Hits, 1,742 hits for Griffey, 1,700 hits for Mickey Mantle. Oh, they're like, you could just see the greatness between the two of them. Now, doubles is where Griffey had a little bit more, but the home runs, 398 for Ken Griffey Jr., 374 for Mickey Mantle. RBIs, 1,152 for Griffey, uh, 1,063 for Mickey Mantle. Stolen bases were up for Griffey. 167 to 124 from Mickey Mantle, but um, batting average, like Mantle walked more than mm-hmm. he did. So obviously we'll get into the ratios now. 299 batting average for Griffey, 308 batting average for Mickey Mantle. OBP is where Mickey Mantle crushes him. Though. 380 is not bad. It's still a good OBP for Ken Jr., but Mickey Mantle had a 425 on base percentage mm-hmm. in his prime. Slugging, these two are almost identical. 569 for Griffey, 579 for Mickey Mantle. So, <laughs> That's so crazy. So it's, I it's promise pretty, I did not do that on purpose. <laughs> it's almost like you've looked at these two in their primes and came up with this. <laughs> so, yeah, um, OPS 948 for Griffey to a 1,004 for uh, Mickey Mantle. So both insane to start their, their careers. War. That's a that's a iffy one to use because of the eras. Obviously, Mantle had an eighty four point eight WAR through those first ten seasons, where Griffey had a seventy point seven. We've we've talked about the competition factors and things like that, and the types of players that were in those yeah. time. So we're not going to go down that that road. Salary. This is where it gets fun. <laughs> so Ken Griffey Jr. made fifty two million dollars from eighty nine to ninety nine. 
Mickey Mantle made $438,000 in those 10 years. So that, which is probably the equivalent to 52 million at the yeah. time that he was playing. So it's, it's not like it was horrible money from the Yankees, but you could we'd just probably look it up and it would be, we'd probably look it up and it'd be the exact same amount, <laughs> like yeah, the equivalent, exact same. Uh, defense. Uh, Griffey takes the cake between the two. Mm-hmm. And there we, Griffey was exception was a pretty good for until he got hurt. So you see how crazy close these two are until the injuries piled up. Um, I don't know. You could go either way here. I think if if both stay healthy, maybe they both end up the same damn player, just like they both were the same damn player for their first 10 years of their career. Mm-hmm. It's kind of eye opening to see. It's probably more of a personal preference. But that was a that was an insane that's a great comparison. So I'm glad you brought up these two and we we kicked off the extra innings by comparing Mickey Mantle to Ken Griffey Jr., especially their primes, because that's you could play a lot of what ifs afterwards, like what if earthworms had guns? You know? <laughs> so you can't really can't really compare the two. But it's fun to think about and it's fun to uh yeah, so when I'm putting together my all-time outfield, I I do have Griffey starting in center, but Mantle starting in right, just because Mantle wasn't a bad fielder. He he, he was above average, but Griffey, I mean, come on. So, and Griffey, uh, Griffey was I, no Andrew Jones though. I'm yeah. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by that. Andrew Jones easily still the the best defensive center fielder I've ever seen. Yeah, he was great, man. <laughs> But we'll wrap that one up there. So that was fun. Mickey Mantle versus Ken Griffey Jr. Go find the Twitter post and you can see what Blake was talking about on that. And yeah. chime in. Make a comment. Let us know who you would think uh, or who you would take. Who do you have higher between the two of them all time, too? Let us chime in and let us know that one. Starting pitching now. As we do the inaugural couple first episodes here, we probably should get some of our favorites out. We should probably do some top fives, maybe some top tens as we go. So let's, we'll start with starting pitcher. And who, give me your top five favorite starting. Now you got, it's favorite. Yeah. You guys got to put that into perspective. This is our favorite, our favorite pitchers. Um, I'm going to say one of them. I didn't even get to see pitch, but. I was raised on baseball. My father raised me on baseball. You raised me on this stuff, all right? So I, I, I knew exactly. But anyway, my favorite pitcher of all time is Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, I mean, that's a lot of people's favorite pitcher of all time. I got, I had the privilege of watching him the one half season with the Astros. Every home game he pitched there, my dad took me, man. It was like a rock concert, man. It was crazy. Everybody was standing for a pitcher. Like, the whole time he's throwing, man, we're just standing. It was crazy. Uh, After that, um, I'm a Pedro fan, Pedro Martinez, man. Pedro Martinez was just fun to watch, man. I mean, uh, the guy was just an all-time great. He fun to watch. He was so uh, emotional out there on the mound, Uh, even afterwards in his, uh, you know, his um, interviews and stuff, press conference, whatever. Pedro was great. Number three, he'll, he'll probably come to as a little bit of a surprise, but I was a big Tim Lincecum fan, man. Timmy, big time, man. He he just he was so fun to watch for those few years that he was just you know Cy Youngs and he was up there for the Cy Young, and then he just, I mean, you know, we, it's like we knew his arm wasn't going to be able to last like that, the way he threw the ball and 
it, I, I say I feel like he'll always be underrated because he ended up, you know, he kept going and he got, he went to the bullpen stuff and he just wasn't the same. So people might remember him as that, not the Timmy big time he was, man. Uh, after him is the pitcher I hadn't seen pitch in real life, but um, he was always my dad's favorite, J.R. Richard. Uh, he he had an injury. He uh, he actually had a uh, aneurysm on the field, on the mound. He had an aneurysm, and um, yeah, he was messed up. And he ended up. That was my dad's favorite pitcher. He his stats. He was pitching on the same pitching staff as Nolan Ryan, and they are both just like that's He pitched like Ryan. They they had the same strikeout stuff, man. Um, I had his stuff. Pulled up right here. Let me look real quick. Whenever he had, uh, he led the league a couple times over Nolan in '78 and '79. He had 303 strikeouts and 313 strikeouts. So I mean, his dude was good, and uh, he was a he was a big old dude. Um, he six uh, eight two twenty two man, big guy. Uh, you know, big unit before big unit, but he. Uh, he ended up, man, at one point he, he like lived under a bridge in Houston, lost a lot of stuff. I actually, uh, when my dad passed away a few years ago, I was going through his attic and found this uh, ticket stub. It was to a, a church we went to over in Galena Park, Texas when I was a kid. But this was like I was probably one years old on this ticket stub. But he wrote J.R. Richard went, went there to the church for like one of these potluck luncheons or something. I don't know how they got him there, whatever, but it says he wrote to Blake, choose God, uh, love J.R. Richard. I found that. I was like, man, this is awesome. So I still got it sitting right there on this shelf next to my bed, man. J.R. Richard's my number four. I'll, I'll digress on taking about J.R. My number five is a mad bum, Madison Bumgarner. I just loved watching him in the World Series, man. When he come out of the bullpen and just mowing people down. And a lot of people don't like his attitude, but. I was always just a Mad Bone fan. Just watching the big lefty throw, man, it, it was fun to me. Uh, he had that uh, that big curveball. Well, not quite as big as Kershaw's, but it, it just just fun stuff, man. That's why I like Mad Bone. And, and a shout-out, Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden's first season. You know me with Doc Gooden, man. <laughs> I love Dwight Gooden. His, his first season was just one for the books. And then uh, my boy Jose Lima. R.I.P. Rest in peace. Uh, Lima time. We called him down here in Houston. And, uh, man, he even had, like, uh, taco uh, – what was it? Uh, taco Cabana commercials and stuff where he's walking around the tables dancing and people are dancing behind him. Casole, that's what it was. Casole. Casole. Hey, fresh today. And it's Jose Lima, dude, wearing his full outfit doing it, man. <laughs> Jose Lima was – man, they called him Lima time. And he would, he would be on that mound just acting a fool, dude. And uh, there's some crazy stories I could get into that I've heard uh, on the radio and stuff about ho- ho- things Jose Lima would do, man, like a- after games in the hotel and stuff, having all these women up and stuff. He was he, he was a bit of infidel, but a um, little infidelity going on there. But he Jose Lima, man, he was so much fun, man. And that and that's my that's my guys right there. That's a good top five. I knew I knew I knew Dwight Gooden was coming. Yeah, yeah, I had to give a shout out to Doc, man. <laughs> I did not know Jose Lima was coming, so that one caught me off guard. But I, but I'm glad you caught me off guard. Um, mine, we're gonna agree on. We're definitely gonna agree on Pedro. Pedro's my one. Pedro Martinez is hands down my favorite pitcher of all time. It like late '90s Pedro. 
when he was striking out 300 guys in 200 innings, like that's just insane nastiness. And it, it, like, whew, I wish I was older. I wish I would have been a little bit older and I got to see more of like that. I would have respected it more. You know, as you get older, you, you, I can go back and watch clips and I, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the 2000 page or 2002, that was still really good page or 2003. And those were my high school years. So I, I knew what I was watching, but you, I wish I was a little bit older for like the nineties stuff. Um, but Pedro's number one, number two, Mark Burley for me. It's gotta be Mark Burley. Like, I know he's never going to get in the hall, even though he picks up a couple votes here or there, and he somehow manages to like hang around on the ballot. He's he's hung around on the ballot now longer than my third favorite pitcher of all time, who was a one-and-gone type guy that we'll talk about in a sec that still pisses me off that he was a, a one-and-gone guy. But Mark Burley, perfect game, no hitter. Uh, he was a drink a beer in the clubhouse type of guy. He was a, if you were stranded on the side, this is a true story, stranded on the side of the road in Missouri, he would tow you out of a ditch with his pickup truck, country type of guy. Um, super nice. He was he was a guy that you could probably find in at a corner tavern and he'd pound a, a nice coal one back with you and he'd talk to you about anything. And he probably didn't even look like a peak athlete when you'd see him sitting there going, but man, he could feel and he could move. So from the, the gold gloves to some of the most outrageous plays and most outrageous hot calls I've ever heard in my entire life. So um, that's, I'm a white Sox fan. So that was prime for me. Mark Burley, probably a little underrated. The argument between Andy Pettit, Mark Burley is a legit one. I think the strikeouts obviously for Pettit are a little bit higher, but I don't think you could put Pettit in the hall and not put Mark Burley in the hall. I just don't think they, they go hand in hand. I don't think either one is ever going to crack it anyways, but uh, that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. Next up, third for me, my 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 the team I dislike more than any team in all of professional sports is the Minnesota Twins. But good Lord, did I respect the, the sh- crap out of Johan Santana. And for a... Good seven-year run, I'd like 2001, two, three, four, five. So yeah, for about a good six, seven-year run, even had a couple, like a the the Mets years weren't as they weren't as good, but they were still pretty good. But for a good five-year run, he might be the best pitcher in all of baseball. Oh yeah, um, then one of the nastiest circle changeups known to mankind. That thing was devastating, and it, just good luck. I I would I hated facing him. Cause I knew going into that game, it's like, Oh God, we're going to look silly at the plate. We're not going to win this game. Like we're going to need to win like two to one if we're going to win this, this game. Cause, and then they had all the piranhas out there anyway. So we probably didn't win those games and I would just be annoyed and turn the TV off. But he's the guy that was a one and done on the ballot. And I think it's stupid. Yep. And the voters are idiots. Agreed. And I can't, I get it. Maybe he didn't have the longevity that the vote that some of these old school voters want. But I, to me, if you had a five year run being the best, that's good enough. To, I'd rather be five years of the best than 20 years of. I'd rather be, you know, I'm going to say this, but I'd rather be Johan Santana than Mike Mussina. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Johan was an uh, Johan was on another level for for I mean that stretch of time, man. I remember just like even doing fantasy drafts, like Johan, he's going like that, that, that. That's the man right there. Oh well, yeah, from a fantasy perspective, and, and I'm not. I, he was. I, a, I won't get into, he was. Johan was just on another level, man. <laughs> I don't know if you like Mike Messina. That wasn't like a dig at him either. I'm, oh, not, no, I'm not a Messina hater, but I'd still rather be Johan Santana. Then like you see them. Same. Agree. <laughs> um, where am I at? Three? Yep. I was like, damn, I lost count here talking about yeah. it. Uh four. Is it's close. Oh man. So I probably have to say I'll probably put Roy Halliday in four. May he rest in peace, but Roy Halliday was another guy like as I come, as I entered my prime years of becoming a fan mm-hmm. to the point where you, where you know what the stats are and you know what they're doing. You can read up, like, you know, you know what the back of the baseball card means more than just, Oh, he had 25 home runs or he struck out this late. You know what special is in, when you're watching it. Um, mm-hmm. Roy Halladay from the early two thousands through the Philly days in 2010 was something special to watch. Uh, so Roy Halladay probably enters that list. And then if I had to pick a guy, I'll pick one guy that I did not get to see pitch. But when we do, I always love getting him and we're doing the all-time drafts. Um, and I wish I would have gotten to see a little bit of it is Bob Gibson. Oh, so that, that would probably be, the, that would probably be my fifth. Then I do like Bob Gibson. Some of the, some of the craziest, like, like 1968 when he had a 177 fit. Fit, one seventy seven. Fit, that's pretty. That's a banana stat. Like, yeah, I could see the ERA being when they when the ERAs are lower. Sure, but like, good. He had a one twelve ERA that season, by the way, and he threw three hundred and four innings. Yeah, and he and still had a one seventy seven fit. So like, as most of our baseball fans out there know, he's the reason they had to uh, lower the mound. <laughs> <laughs> like. They literally lowered the mound because Bob Gibson was so dominant. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> he, yeah. See, that's why we bring you on. That you have the Ken Burns stuff, so that's why <laughs> that's why we're doing an audio only podcast for everybody out there. But I figured I don't know if we should go. It's per, with this. I was hoping for a half hour because I think that's a perfect time frame for a podcast. Maybe we go an hour, but for now we're going to start with a half hour. We'll see where we go from there. As I think it's a it's a perfect time uh, time frame to go so so we'll we'll kick this back up next week on extra yes. innings. If you have topics that you want to hear us talk about, Absolutely. always feel free to let us know. You can find us on Twitter. You you can tell them where can they find you. You can find me at Big TX Baseball at Big TX Baseball Big Texas Baseball TX short for Texas. If you did not know. You can find me at Streetsathon. Um, that's Streets with a Z, A T H O N. At Streetsathon is where you can find me. I'm going to say it that way because you can't see it on the screen this time. So, um, at Streetsathon, yeah. Well, uh, next week we'll do we'll do something fun like we did the comparison between Griffey and Mantle. Can you find another one that's that damn close for next week? Man, that, that's that, pretty wild. <laughs> and then yeah. as we get to know each other, we'll pick another. So maybe we'll do you pick the position right now. What do you want to do next week? Our top five favorites. Um, catcher. Catcher. Now you can, because we want some good, some 
meaty Blake stories on some of these guys that you're going to pick. So we'll give, we'll give you a week heads up on that. <laughs> All right. We'll do our top five favorite catchers. That'll be fun. I might have another twin on there from the team. I despise the most. Mm-hmm. You might have to tune in and check it out, but we'd like to thank you for tuning into the audio exclusive right here on the bloodline entertainment network, the extra innings podcast. Please go check out the bloodline entertainment network for all of your other needs. You can find us on our other show, Roto slappers there. You go to the YouTube page. The latest episode just dropped. So make sure you check that out. We had some fun on that one where we uh, did some, a little accountability cleaning up <laughs> state in. You could find all of our shows too, where you're listening to this right now. You could find all the rest of the shows there. So make sure you go subscribe to us on all of the podcast platforms that are out there, whether it's Apple, Android, Spreaker, or so on. Subscribe to those as well so you get updated when a new episode drops. Because um, we are going to focus a little bit on the audio, and that's what this is. That's what this show is going to be for. Yeah. But you can also go, obviously, go to the website, bloodlinenetwork.com. Check out all of our written content there. You can go to the YouTube and find all of the video content there. You can watch Gaming with the Bloodline on Twitch late nights throughout the, the week with um, Devin and JD. Good stuff there. And then stay tuned to all the great other podcasts as well. And we will be next. We'll be back next week with our top five favorite catchers, and we'll we'll find something fun for you to do too, or to do as well. But for thank the you love for love of baseball. For the love of baseball. And just brace us as we as we get the ball rolling here. It's hard to figure out what we want to do and where we want to take this. So, like I said, jump in. Let us know if you have anything you want to discuss uh, or want us to discuss. We will gladly do so. So, yeah, thank you out there. We'll see you next time. I've got something for you.